you know, if you need a fat figure, you can have Krang turn into the Technodrome. Uh, that's true. He's got to be bloaty because of all that gas he's got. Yeah. <laughs> and that big man-baby robot. Cowabunga dudes to dudettes and welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes. I am your host Rob and joining me as always is my main man my partner in Ninja Turtle Crime, Mr. Josh O'Rourke. Hi, everyone. Good morning. Hey, good hey, evening. hey. Good afternoon. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a great day. We finally, um, Josh and I were kind of joking a minute ago. We were having some major tech issues, and I was like, you know what? It's not a Turtle Flakes episode unless we have some technical difficulties, but we're here. We're thankful we're here, and it's going to be a good morning. Yeah, so far, anyway, yeah. We're super excited because um, we've got some hot topics to talk about today. We've got... Um, well, one, we've got a ton of feedback uh, from the last two episodes that I've been meaning to share on the show, so I can finally do that. And also, um, Josh brought it to my attention first. Um, we've got some official announcements about the upcoming Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle film. We don't know – I don't even know if we know who's directing it yet, but, you know, it's always fun to speculate and everything. So we'll be talking about that in here in a minute. But, but before we get any uh, further, Josh, how have you been doing, man? Uh, not too bad. Just uh, keeping busy, doing some writing. Uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of news coverage that I was trying to do nice. uh, today. There's uh, the pre- world premiere of uh, gameplay premiere of Mortal Kombat 11 was wow. this past Thursday. I uh, got to watch the uh, live stream and I was commenting on it. Uh, I did a bunch of trailer breakdowns. Uh, I was following. Um, of course, the release of the Shredder and Hell miniseries mm, uh, just came out last. That. Yeah, it came out last Wednesday. Uh, that's written and drawn by Mattias Sanluco. There was also a new Kickstarter for uh, TMT board games, uh, a, a, a series of board games, by that was uh, just started a couple of days ago. I think it was on Tuesday. I, I believe it was. And yeah, yeah. also, they just uh, announced the uh, new trailer for Spider-Man: Far From Home, the new Spider-Man sequel. Uh, I guess that also spoiled Avengers: Endgame in the process because hey, Spider-Man's not dead, <laughs> and, and neither is Nick Fury. But it looks like Iron Man's still dead. So yeah, there's that. We apologize, and, to Iron Man fans. I don't care. Iron Man's kind of terrible. So oh, oh, geez, shots fired early. It's all about <laughs> Captain America, dude. Come on. <laughs> Well, I'm a Superman guy myself. Besides yeah, I mean, yeah, I get it. You know, I'm not it's, I'm not even the Marvel guy, but, like, yeah, Captain America, you know? Come on. Well, I thought you were a Wolverine guy. Shut up. <laughs> I did that on purpose. I'm sorry. I mean, I can understand why you would think I am, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not. So. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I've not, I've not been up to a whole lot. I did pick up Shredder in Hell, 
and I just finally got to read it this morning, and man, oh man, it is fantastic. I, I will say this on record. It's one of the best comics I've read in a, quite some time. And it's so funny, Josh, that you and I were talking about this, I think, on issue we were, well, the issue one episode, just, what, two episodes back? How intriguing it would be if Shredder could be possibly a protagonist or an anti-hero in some ways. I dare say, spoiler alert here, that he's becoming that character. I'm just so afraid that they're going to kind of pull the rug from under us. And be like, nope, he's evil. We made you think that he was going to be good for a little bit, but he's evil. He's still evil. Well, it's just, you know what? It would be one thing where, like, he's not evil anymore, but mm-hmm. he's not a hero. Where it's like, he is still the Shredder, where he is kind of power hungry. He mm-hmm. is not power hungry, but he's still ambitious. He's still very much not going to take crap from anybody. I mean, you find out that, like... And if you've uh, read The Secret History of the Foot Clan, which Shredder in Hell is very much a sequel to, like, he definitely uh, feels love for Kitsune. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, like, he's staying in Hell to find her, you know, for whatever reason. And light spoilers, but Splinter is there with him mentally uh, trying to uh, help redeem Orokusaki. Yeah, yeah. And and that's actually one of my favorite parts is the fact that Splinter's being true to his word. You know, he promised Shredder that he would be there with him. And, of course, at the time we're reading it, we didn't know exactly what he meant by the dream. But we're seeing that in Shredder in Hell. Splinter is there by his side. And I like how he actually – I guess we're spoiling a lot here, but that's okay. Uh, spoilers, I'll put a little well, segment it, here. It, it's really not even spoilers. It's issue one of five. So it's Sure, very- sure. This issue and next issue are going to be nothing but set up. Well, I love the fact I love the fact that Tang Shen even tells Splinter to go after you know, save his friend. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. and like this is the very guy that killed Tang Shen, right? Did, did I remember that? Yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, oh man, I love this. Isn't that just like somebody's wife? They're just like, oh, you're not going to listen to me anyway. Just go. <laughs> Just go on, go just save go your friends. Just go out with your friends, okay? I don't even care. Yeah, just never, go. The, never mind the fact that he killed me. Yeah, <laughs> and you. Just do whatever you want. Just do whatever you want. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. No, it is not fine. Oh, but I'll tell you what, though. The oh no, you're definitely right there. No, it's I'll a t- cease and desist. She's giving yes. you a hand. Yes, if you do that, heaven help you. But yeah, yeah. Going back though, the artwork and and I love what Santa Luco is doing with this this story here, and I'm I'm definitely with you. About, like, I don't want Shredder to necessarily be, hey, I'm a good guy now. I love you guys. You know, I don't want to be a, you know, a mushy-gushy good guy. But I I do want him to be, uh, I would love to see him be this guy that you almost, you understand where he's coming from. And you almost Mm -hmm. root for him. And I think we're getting that. I'm hoping so. Like you said, it's only issue one. But I'm hoping that that's, that's where this is going. That's why Shredder was the way he was. Any good villain is a villain you can understand why they became that way. You know, you don't you don't agree with what they're doing, but you understand why they're that angry or why they have that p- particular sinister motivation. And I think we're finally getting a dynamic shredder and I love it. Yeah, you know, he had and I don't want to say that he was just generic uh No, Vatican no, he wasn't. No. Because he was written so well by Tom uh Tom Waltz and Matthias Santaluco and so many other people. Because he was written so well where it was just like, you know, yeah, he was a bad guy and you wanted him to you wanted him to fail. 
Like you knew you knew he was going to eventually, and you wanted it to be every issue that you saw him. And um, I think they earned that by having Shredder, in air quotes, kind of win a lot more than he lost. Where it was like he did brainwash Leonardo, he did have Donatello killed, he did take out Krang, he did yeah. run the turtles out of their home twice. And, you know, he did, he won a lot more than, he won more than Krang, he won more than Baxter, he won more than the Pantheon, you know, so. Yeah, he's no joke. I mean, he's not going to be a pushover at all. And, yeah. ah, oh, man, I, I just, I'm really excited to see where this is going. Guys, if you've not read Shredder in Hell, I, I'm so sorry that, you know, hopefully we didn't spoil anything for you. We did say spoilers, split second before we said it. <laughs> yeah. But um, if you guys haven't read it, you owe it to yourselves to check this one out. It's one of the best si- miniseries I've read in quite some time. And I'm just on issue one, of course. So the artwork alone is, is amazing. But then yeah. the story behind it and the morality, a lot of the moral issues behind it. I've, I picked out some quotes that I thought were so great. And I posted it on Twitter, you know, just, just what I thought of the issue. Guys, go check it out. It is amazing. And it's been out as of a Wednesday, January 16th. So it's yeah. out. By the time you listen to this, it's been out for a little over a week. Go check it out. It's it's fantastic. And if uh, nothing else, there's it's worth buying and reading for this one panel on one page where Shredder smiles. And yeah, yeah. I you've know never seen Shredder smile, and you're like, oh, hey, look, he's smiling. And then you get creeped out. You're like, oh, he's smiling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 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 he goes beast mode at the end, so you know it, it's it's pretty cool. <laughs> he does. He goes he goes ham on a bunch of people that haven't been around in a while. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, we won't spoil that. But if yeah, you I don't love... want to spoil the last couple of pages because yes, if, if you've been following the series for a while, there's a lot of there's there's a good payoff. So. Yes, if you love volume one too, um, one of well, I'll shut up. Never mind. <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> Uh, all right, Hoser. Well, before we get to the movie talk, what do you say we share a little bit of feedback? I've got some, I've got some emails here. Uh, let me find them. Okay, first one's from our good old buddy from. Oh Lord, I hope it's Sweden. Was it Sweden, Chris Carlson? Yes, Sweden. Okay, so he's got one for us about the very first issue of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and he called us out on something. So you know, it'll be. Uh, It'll be no, boy. I was waiting for it. I'm waiting for it, especially when we were reading issue one, and I, I kind of botched something. So here it is. Okay. This oh, okay. From, it's from our buddy Calabunga Chris. Funny, I was going to send in how I found the first issue before you even asked about it, seeing as there is a story there. Getting straight to the point, I read it on the official NinjaTurtles.com website when they had it there in the late 90s and early 2000s. And, of course, I loved it. I had heard the tales of the darker origin of the TMNT from a random run in the Swedish translation of Raphael Microseries starring Casey Jones and tons of articles from magazines to the said website, and this did not disappoint. Just another reason why I never got truly out of the Turtles fandom. Sure, I took breaks for things like Star Wars, hey, my man, Pokemon, Jurassic Park, and so on, but I always came back. I even liked, so much, liked it so much that I printed it out and think I still have it somewhere, and I still bought it three or three more times, in Swedish too, but I have already showed that years ago. But I am very disappointed in you guys. You guys messed whose hand Shen died by. Normally I would not bring it up, but I can hear you holding the freaking issue. <laughs> he says, come on dudes, how'd you mess that up? Ah, all better now that I got that off my chest. Also, I think the Mirage Turtles kill more dudes than you said, but those were mostly foot ninjas and aliens, so who cares? <laughs> uh, and I think that's that's all he, he says about the uh, Ninja Turtle stuff. Um, but 
It's good to it's good to hear from you, Chris. And I can't remember who we said killed Tang Shen. Was I could have swore I I could have swore I said Oroku Nagi. You probably did. I'm the one who probably got it wrong, man. You know. Well, that. I mean, you keep me in line. What's oh well okay but yeah but yeah Christopher Carlos and that 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 was funny. You're holding the cowabunga thing in your hand. <laughs> I can hear you flipping pages. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh gosh, you gotta love you gotta love Chris. It's not like we record at six o'clock in the morning and I'm expected to read. Cowabunga! And, oh, here he goes. Jeez, you know, <laughs> no, that was. You know that was that was fine. I'm yeah. trying to. Yeah. I bet you. I bet you. I said. Did I say Nagi? And then you I corrected me. I don't this remember. Was two weeks ago. I don't know. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, I mean, you're sw- you're from sw- you're supposed to be neutral. You're aren't you? Know, <laughs> aren't you? Isn't that what Sweden's all about? Being neutral about everything. Well, I'm not feeling the neutrality right now. I'll tell you. No, just... <laughs> but at least he did write into us. Yeah. Yeah, and called us out. So I appreciate that. All right. <laughs> so um, the next one is from our good buddy Baxter. Long time. Uh, well, long time we've we've talked to Baxter. Um, super. What nice did we guy. do wrong, Baxter? What no, was it? What I we do? think we're good. I think we're okay. good on this one. But yeah, Baxter, he's a big collector, loves to share. Uh, he's called in a lot of times. So Baxter, I challenge yeah. you to call the TurtleCom next time you get a sweet pickup or you want to talk about one of the uh, most recent comic issues or whatever, Turtles in general. I'd love to hear from you, man. Miss you. But um, he's emailing us about his favorite and most hated toys. So this ought to be pretty interesting. Uh-oh. He says, what's up, guys? Baxter here. I'm so glad you boneheads are back. I love that one. Well, tell us what you really think. Uh-huh. I love it. I love it. Baxter's the man. Hope it's not too late to chime in on the most loved and hated toys as a child. Rob, you stole my original answers. There was something magical about Sewer Surf and Mike and Undercover Don. Both of mine somehow survived my childhood, and I keep, uh, and I keep separate from my adult collection. My next two answers are 1C, Mondo Gecko, and 1D, The Head Dropping Turtles. I think I loved Mondo for the same reasons as Sewer Surf and Mike, and there was just something really cool about the head dropping turtles. They were so simple yet so fun. On a side note, does anybody know why Head Dropping Don has only one squinty eye? Also, I want to give an honorable mention to the sports turtles. I really loved my Slapshot Leo. Oh, I'm with you, man. I never had Slapshot Leo until I found it, I think, at a yard sale. That's one of my favorite figures now. I love that figure. Now on to my most hated. I have a few. Number one, the wacky action turtles. Oh come on! <laughs> I remember those. Were those the ones like Michelangelo the had the action. tongue that sticks out? Yeah, Michelangelo. Yeah, and they yeah. all had like wind up keys and stuff like that. Yeah, and, yeah. they had the eye, the eye popping. Yeah, they're very very weird turtles. <laughs> oh yeah, it was just, we we're, we're we've they had obviously no idea what to do with variants. Yeah, it's like sure. okay, we think, and it's it's easier from a manufacturing standpoint just to put different clothes on them. So let's do that from now on. So, <laughs> so uh, Baxter goes on to say, "I know as a child, I probably owned the entire set, and every one of them uh, broke almost immediately. Crawling Splinter would separate at the hips and snap in half. Sword slicing Leo uh-huh. always got uh, got overwound and wouldn't work until about midnight, and you'd wake up to him unwinding in your toy bin." <laughs> <laughs> it's terrifying to a six-year-old. Also, I always lost the base to the break-fighting raft, and the sewer swim and Don's feet were notorious for breaking off. Okay, so okay. I'm thinking of he, a different one. Yeah. He, he No, he makes some good points. I don't know about the splinter one, but, like, yeah, you could uh, sword swing in Leonardo. You could overwind him, and he just wouldn't do anything. Ah. Uh, 
and he and then and then you had to like coax his arm a little bit and unwind it at the arm and then he would start going and sewer swimming donatello his feet would snap off at the ankles oh, yeah man very quickly no, no yes. swimming for him yeah no well it would, it would still work but it you know now you have an amputated uh thing swimming in your bathtub with you and it's just weird and <laughs> yeah. whatever yeah all right so the next one says number two talking turtles they were too big and clunky and not very practical <laughs> as a as a child i knew that they were supposed to talk but could never figure it out i searched everywhere for a button and always tried to open the back to put the put in the batteries the quip strips almost immediately got bent or chewed on and became yeah. useless Never got a chance to hear them talk until I started collecting again as an adult. And number three, I also hated the original mutation line. Good concept, but bad execution. Oh, come uh, on. I, I always broke off the little rubber legs inside the shell and could never get them to snap together correctly. Again, just too big and clunky and yeah. uh, didn't play well with the other figures. Well, that's it for now. Love the toy episodes. Later, guys. Thanks, Baxter, for the for the email, man. You know what? I, I kind of get what he talks, what he's talking about with the mutations line because I love the mutation stuff. I'm trying to think of which one that one is. This okay, sounds so, so familiar. The, the mutations line was when the turtles you could they were like transformers. You could turn the Ninja Turtles into baby turtles, or you could oh turn, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you can turn Splinter back into Hamada Yoshi, and you can turn Orokusaki into the Shredder, and you can turn Bebop and Rocksteady back human. And they even had one, the one that I really want to get is um a mutating foot soldier who like basically it's supposed to simulate like he's got pieces blasted off of him and you can see all the mechanical parts on, underneath them oh wow but they also had mutation figures that were uh i think they were called road ready mutations and like they had weird ones where like splinter would turn into the turtle van uh <laughs> strutter would turn into the mutant module and leonardo would turn into a fire truck just weird things man Wow! Yeah, but you and, know that, that those are the greatest times. <laughs> the more random, the yeah. better for me. <laughs> you know what? They they had to be popular because they still do them. Yeah, sure. At, um, almost every single action figure line has had a mutations line. Like they did it for the 2007 movie, the 2003 series did it, the 2012 series have done that. Yeah, they, they they've they've still made those mutations action figures. Yeah, and especially nowadays when resources are so pricey, that that couldn't be an easy thing to do for them. Mm-hmm. You know, so they wouldn't be doing it still if they didn't make money on them. Yeah, and, but I know that's that's a different thing. It's not whether or not they're popular; it's whether or not they're popular with an individual person. Yeah, but, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, Baxter. Does, I mean, you know what? I I always thought that the mutation lines would be so much better if they just made transformers out of them. Mm-hmm. Where like, if they made like. You know what I mean? Like these the robotic versions of the turtles that turn into other things where it's just like, you know, you have a robot Leonardo that turns into the turtle band or a robot Donatello that turns into the turtle blimp. You yeah. know, that that would be like actual transformers. Got a turtle the, that a turtle that turns into a turtle blimp, man. Donatello would be pretty fat to do that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. He's been piling on the pizza. I get it. Well, it would, it would work like uh, Optimus Prime's uh, uh, trailer. Where, like, he was just Optimus Prime. He was just the cab. Mm-hmm. And then whenever he transformed into a truck, all of a sudden the trailer would just drive up behind him. <laughs> <laughs> whenever Donatello transformed the little, the actual blimp the balloon, part. The balloon part, like, yeah. <laughs> the balloon part would just come down onto him and he would just take off. It's like it knows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but 
But like, I was like, oh, then, he's transforming. I got to go. If you need a fat one, you know, if you need a fat figure, you can have Krang turn into the Technodrome. Oh, that's true. Wow. That's he's got to be bloaty because of all that gas he's got. Yeah, know? that's true. Yeah. And that big <laughs> man baby robot that he, that he is. Man baby robot. That's true. He does look like a man baby. He looks like Wearing a, a giant. red diaper. And it gets worse every time. You can always tell when somebody, like in 2012, when they did that big crossover with the old Turtles, which was awesome, mm-hmm. you can tell that whoever was the director of that hated Krang because he just turned him into a just a giant, fat-looking idiot instead of like the big <laughs> robot like he was. That's true. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, so we have uh, two more here, and they're both by Corey. Uh, he says, hello, Turtle Flakes crew. So glad to have the podcast back. And since you guys are trying to be more consistent in getting episodes recorded, I'm going to try to be more consistent in giving feedback. Awesome, man. Keep them coming, please. He says, I love the TMNT and this podcast, and thank you for all you guys do and the community you've helped we listeners be a part of. Ah, thanks, man. That Thank you so much for listening. Um, he says, I just listened to episodes 119 and 120 this morning at work and wanted to give my responses to the listener feedback questions from both episodes. How did I discover TMNT Volume 1, Issue 1? Growing up with the Turtles cartoon and toys were a huge part of my childhood, but more so the 1990 movie. I hear that, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that changed both of our lives. It, it, you know, yeah, it had an effect on everybody. Oh, yes. Still does. Oh, by the way, go see, go listen to TMNT Minute. They're fantastic. They cover the 1990 movie, and they're currently on the um, second movie, the 1991 movie, um, Turtles 2, and it's fantastic. Great sound production, great quality. Go check that out if you've not checked that out, Corey, and the rest of our listeners. Um, He says, I watched that movie countless times as a kid, and to this day it's still my favorite movie, period. Amen. I work at a school and have, with a three-year gap for the past 14 years, In 2011, I decided to go to the library in the town my school is in, and lo and behold, they had Volume 1 of the TMNT Ultimate Collection hardcovers. Nice! I've been an avid comic reader for decades, but my only exposure to the TMNT comics had been the adventure books and the IDW series, which had just launched, I believe, a week or two before before this, which I was excited about as well. I was blown away when I saw how similar the original black-and-white comics were to the movies, to the point where the whole panels and dialogue had been directly lifted from them. I eventually was able to borrow Volume 2 from the same library later on, and was again blown away by everything that I had been missing. I still hold the original Mirage Volume 1 comics in high regard, but mostly because I love the things that spawned and borrowed it from, from it so much, rather than because of the quality of the comics themselves, even though they are so well drawn and written. Based on the discussion of where you guys think IDW is taking the series and the characters of Splinter and Shredder specifically, uh, would I like to see a more heroic take on Rokusaki? Yes and no. It would be interesting and subvert expectations for sure, but to me, just based on the fact that Shredder's return is taking place in a miniseries called Shredder in Hell, makes me think it's going to be pretty standard fare with his relationship with the Turtles going forward. I could be wrong and hope I am, and it would be cool to see Shredder fighting alongside the Turtles, or specifically Splinter, much yeah. like the criminally short segment of the 2012 series where they team up to fight the Triceratons before, spoilers, Shredder decides he'd rather let Earth be destroyed uh, so he can enact his vengeance on Hamato Yoshi than actually help the heroes succeed. Seriously, they teamed up for less than 10 seconds of scream time just for Saki to stab Splinter <laughs> in the back and let Earth be destroyed in the process. 
Super disappointing. Dude, spoilers. Oh, uh, he, he did say spoilers. <laughs> oh, did he? Okay. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> uh, but he got, me, he got me excited for something I didn't know I wanted to see, which was the Shredder-led Foot Clan teaming up with Clam Hama- Clan Hamato. Sorry for the long-winded responses, and keep up the great work. Corey. Great email, man. I That is so cool. And I think it's so fascinating going back to the, the Turtles that you, you love the movie so much. So that was kind of what started off for you. Then you go and, and, and finally read the first comic and you see what – it only makes you appreciate the movie more because of what they borrowed from the original comic book. So that, that's very cool stuff. Yeah, you know, um, I, I really – okay, I'm of two minds of this because I know that the 1990 movie is a massive – success that is for a long time for like two decades that was the technically speaking the most successful independent movie ever made i feel like there's going to be a button this yeah the thing the thing that and it's it's a pure hypothetical thing with me it was just like that movie just would not it's such a product of its time that that movie would not be successful today really why why you say that because like you you really think about it our whole the majority of turtles fans Especially with kids, um, the majority of us knew the Ninja Turtles from that cartoon, and sure. then we saw the movie, which is decided, which is markedly different from the cartoon. So different, in fact, that it's it's almost Ninja Turtles in name only to the majority, because the majority of us saw the cartoon and the toys and the adventure books, and it's like mm-hmm. that's Ninja Turtles. This thing that emulates the black and white comics isn't Ninja Turtles. It's like if that movie took that type of creative decision, drastic creative decision nowadays, that movie would be raked over the coals. You really? Know, I, yeah, see, I don't know about that. I, I guarantee it. Because, like, look at it. If you if um they made if they made a Ninja Turtles movie and you own like let's take everything off the table and you only know the Ninja Turtles from the IDW comic book. Mm-hmm. And that's a dark, serious, mature, funny, and lighthearted, but still a serious um, take on the Ninja Turtles whole universe. And now they make a movie, and it's Rise of the Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. And and with how, as much as I like Rise of the Ninja Turtles, I really enjoy that show. It is a super slap-happy, it's a Looney Tunes cartoon with the Ninja Turtles in it. And if that were the movie that came out and the only thing that was Ninja Turtles was the IDW comic, people would burn the screen down. You know, it just, mm. they could, it, but nowadays everybody's so spoiled by just pop culture being a relevant thing where nowadays you're so creatively limited. Um, you just, you can't take any chances. You know? It's interesting you bring that up, man. Oh, see, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to talk about this more in a second because th- this kind of leads into our discussion. What I guess we're hoping to see in in the upcoming film. Um, yeah, I oof. I don't know how I feel about that. I, you know, I I feel like part of you search your feelings. You know <laughs> it's true. You know, <laughs> uh, I feel I feel like part of you is, is definitely right in the fact that it it seems like it's it's harder to be creative nowadays um, in, in in film production. Because yeah. of, I, I don't. And again, I, I'm not a. I'm not a filmmaker. I have no idea how hard it is to make movies. But just on, based on everything that I've seen and read, it's, it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, l- l- let me read this next one, and I def- I definitely want to put a pin in that because I I think there's there's some 
cool stuff we need to talk about there, especially yeah. about that first film. <laughs> All right. So oh, yeah. Corey, Corey has a, a great part two of, of his feedback here. He just sent this in uh, Friday, this past Friday, so gosh, yesterday. So here's what he says. Cowabunga Turtle Flakes crew, Corey here with some additional feedback for you all. I started listening to the new episode that was released today about Rise of TMNT, the one you and I did in August. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, the new one. Uh, and I realized that I gave feedback that might not have been called for. That is, Shredder being a good guy, or at least not an antagonist going forward, and my feelings about it. My bad. Rob, you asked we listeners about favorite and or least favorite toys growing up, so I'd like to give my opinions on that. Growing up, I was very fortunate to have received lots and lots of TMNT toys from the original series line. All four original Turtles, the Battleshell variants, head droppers, mutating figures, as well as Rock'em Sock'em Robots, Turtles game, which uh, with, I believe it was Michelangelo and Shredder. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that! Yeah, yeah, I, they, I, yeah. I used to have that toy. I forgot about that. Oh wow, man. I didn't know about that till like a year ago, maybe two years ago. I thought, man, they just had Ninja Turtle everything. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that. It's kind of odd that they had Michelangelo. I wonder if it's because. Do you think he was the most popular turtle as a kid? At least uh, uh, kids of the cartoon or fans of the cartoon. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's either it's either him or Donnie. At least all my friends, it was it was the one of the two. Um. But he says, instead of the red and blue robots, referring to the Rock'em Sock'em. But as far as my favorites were, they were the movie star line of figures. But without looking it up right now, I can't be 100% positive. I was blown away by the detail of the sculpts, the accessories, the posability, and as a grade school kid, I enjoyed the fact that the turtles' limbs and heads could be popped off to make it appear like they retreated into their shells. I still have all four turtles as well as Super Shredder, Toka and Razor, though the belts and accessories, as well as Splinter and the Foot Soldier, have long since gone missing. I know what you mean there, man. Yeah. They've also got quite a bit of wear and tear, except for Donatello. I remember losing him during a move from one house to another, and my dad, in a rare move, actually bought me a replacement so I would still be able to have all four turtles. So while Mikey, Raph, and Leo are all missing parts and their bandanas and have shells that are scratched and worn, Donatello remains in pristine condition, at least compared to the others. The figure is still over 27 years old. Runners-up include the original Party Wagon and the Turtle Blimp, both of which I loved and have passed down to my children. The Party Wagon, at least, the Blimp got lost in a subsequent move at some point. Both excellent vehicles that brought hours of entertainment to a young Turtle fan. That's awesome. Keep up the good work, and I'm looking forward to hearing more episodes from you dudes. Thanks. Corey, thank you so much. These are great. These are great emails. I love this. Yeah, right. those are good. Yeah. So, um, any experience with the movie turtles, the movie star? Um, you know what? Not the turtles themselves. I mean, I've got Toka, Razor, every everyone from movie three, and the sh- Super Shredder. I have a story about the Super Shredder, and it involves you, but I'm kind of afraid to bring it up. Really? No, yeah. go ahead. Seriously. Okay. So, <laughs> listeners, about three maybe four years ago now rob gave me a nice box of uh ninja turtle stuff for christmas and oh, he gave I, me wow i was nice back then i don't remember that yeah i know i don't know what the hell happened to you but like <laughs> he, uh, he gave me like coloring books and um ninja old old school ninja turtle coloring books and an action figure and he gave me like a copy of dune which i, I really want to get around the reading that because i've always heard dune Josh, is a great I remember book. that golly Jeez. Uh, you did, and you're wow. gonna rem- you're gonna you're gonna hate yourself in a minute. Okay, but um, 
Rob actually gave me a Super Shredder action figure. And I used to have Super Shredder, and I thought it was awesome. He was purple with the silver armor and everything. But I noticed that this one, for whatever reason, this Super Shredder was painted black. Huh. And he had silver armor. And I was just like, oh, okay. And so about a year goes by, and I start writing my book, uh, uh, my Ninja Turtle retrospective book. And I get along to researching the Super Shredder action figure. And it turns out, Rob, mm-hmm. Robert Luther, uh, <laughs> the man who will almost formally be my friend when I tell you the end of the story. Uh-oh. Um, uh oh. You gave me a Super Shredder action figure that was a mail away figure from Chef Boy RD. What? That is considered like one of the top four rarest Ninja Turtle action figures. Get out of here. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, I'm serious. It's like you gave me a diamond, <laughs> basically. <laughs> I mean, I knew that, and that's how much I love you, Josh. Uh, sure, yeah. I'm going to give Josh this That's the wrong color. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those knockoffs. <laughs> He'll yeah, never yeah, know. <laughs> I'm going to give him this Mexico action figure. Yeah, there it is. But well, you are you gave serious, me- though? Are you sure that's dead? Yeah, you gave me like one of the rarest Ninja Turtle action figures. It was a, a black variant of the super shredder figure that was from chef boy rd it was a mail away figure i didn't even know they did that but as come to think of it didn't chef boy rd have their own turtle soup they had yeah they had ninja turtle pasta they, yeah. they do they still do yeah but, but like yeah that is that's awesome and wow well there you go man I, I, i'm not angry i'm happy for you that's awesome oh yeah he's he's happy as soon as we turn off skype he's gonna be like that you give me that figure <laughs> <laughs> That is so cool. I, I had no idea. You know where I actually found that, Josh? Um, there. Actually, Jay Weezy and I, um, I do remember that figure. Uh, oh, good. Now I get to screw over Jay Weezy? That's awesome. <laughs> I think so because it was the one time we went up to Michigan <laughs> and we went to this flea market and there was a bunch of old loose turtle figures. And I remember I remember picking that one up. I'm like, oh, it's Super Shredder. Didn't, didn't even think about the collar design or anything like that. Yeah. And then I realized when I got home that I had – I think I had an extra or maybe I – I don't remember. I think it might have been you. maybe you were talking about Super Shredder and I was like, oh, I don't think he has that figure anymore. I'll send it up. And yeah, so there you go. Bonus. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but – and I mentioned in my book, too, I actually mentioned to you that, like, my buddy Rob gave me this, and I don't think he realizes what he did, but it's mine now. So. <laughs> it's mine now. No take-backs. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> no take-backs. Oh, that's great. Okay, guys, so let's go ahead and talk about the upcoming film. Now, I don't know a whole lot about it. Uh, all I know is that was it the producers of a quiet place yeah um that they're they're taking on this project and i don't think they even have a director picked out yet correct right so it's the same producers that rebooted ninja turtles back in 2014 andrew form and i can't remember the second guy but they work for they work for platinum dunes which yes it's michael bay's production company uh so let's Let's get over that right now so we don't have the next couple of years of talking, oh, it's just Michael Bay. Who cares? Okay. It's just a dude who's producing a movie. And um, so Platinum Dunes uh, is going into production. They have a um, – it was released on Twitter by Variety. Um, these two producers were interviewed on the red carpet. And uh, somebody asked them, you know, 
what do you got? Uh, this reporter from Variety asked Andrew Farm, you know, what do you what do you have that's coming down next? He's like, oh, we're gonna do another Ninja Turtles movie, and the other producer was like, are we allowed to talk about that? He's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and so um, they have a goal from what they it was like this two and a half three minute video on Twitter uh, that Variety put out. They have a goal of getting into production by the end of this year. There's no director. There's no cast. I would imagine a script is written, but he said that uh, there's. they have a goal of production starting at the end of this year, but outside of that, they have nothing else. Uh, nobody's been hired as of yet that we would know about right now. Yeah. So, But they said that it is – I mean they said this a couple of years ago that it, there will be a, a new Turtles movie, but it won't necessarily be a sequel to – out of the shadows or the 2014 movie. So yeah, it is going to be another reboot. Um, uh, so yeah, that that's, that's a whole can of worms that we can unpack right now. Yes. I mean, it, it is really interesting to speculate on this. Um, uh, one thing that I, I did read on fan sided, it's a magazine. It was talking about this, this upcoming film um, and kind of comparing the sales of, the first two, the 2014 and the 2016 film. Yeah. And how uh, they, they brought up a point that I always felt was true and kind of confirmed that, that out of the shadows, the second one, overall, do you do you believe this and agree with this, that overall that was kind of the more fan-appreciated one, uh, critically accepted one than the first one, um, even though it made less money? Yeah, you know, it seemed like that one – I, I I agree with that, but I believe yeah. that it was because the first one kind of won everybody over because nobody wanted that first movie from 2014. Um, seemingly, you look at the overall response to the 2014 reboot, it was just bad idea all over the place. It was, you know, another origin story, um, even though it was only the second time we got an origin story from the Turtles, but it was an origin story. Uh, Michael Bay was involved with it. It was CGI and not puppets. It was mm-hmm. a white dude playing Shredder. Uh, and so it had everything except the kitchen sink going against it. And then when we saw the movie, it was like, oh, you know what? This movie isn't going to change the world, but it's a good movie. I, th- I remember like you, you had just, I think you've been on the show for a little while at that point. And I, re- I specifically remember us liking the first movie. And I, and I think I, I remember us liking the second one even more. Um, yeah. Because it kind of did appeal, like it, it answered some criticisms that the first movie received, yeah. In, in some ways, but yeah, yeah. It's even though I think maybe the second one was the better of the two, at least for me personally. Yeah, yeah. It made it significantly less money. So my question to you is this: because it's still under the same umbrella, Platinum Dunes. Uh huh. Um, do you think the designs will be the same? Or do you think they're just going to go completely 180 with with everything? I think they're going to do a complete 180. Uh, I, I do too. I do too. I'm not even 100% convinced that this movie will be a live action. Uh, interesting. Really? Oh, I mean, they said, going in, they said going into production by the end of this year. That doesn't mean there's going to be a movie out next year or True. or even the year after. Like if if this were an animated movie, I wouldn't expect this movie to come out until 2022 at the earliest, you know. And um, how would you feel about that? Do you prefer that? That's I'm good either way. I just want another Turtles movie. Yeah, I, I'm with you. It could be as long as they don't do the gimmicky seat in 3D, you know, whatever. Don't do that. 
But um, yeah, I don't care if it's animated. I don't care if it's live action. I don't care if it's puppets. You know, I don't care if it's live action and the turtles are motion capture. I, I don't care. You know, I just want, at, at this point in my life, I, I just want good movies. I don't care what they look like. Sure. <clears throat> um, if they did animated, they could do a lot more. That's what I was thinking. With a lot less budget. Um, if they do puppetry, they have to make sure their stuff is on point. Uh, they've got a. If you're gonna do puppets, you have absolutely no excuse not to get Jim Henson back because they're the absolute best in the business at doing uh puppetry work with animatronic work with with live action. That's also a great selling point to older fans to get them in your corner by saying, "Hey, we have Jim Henson Studio working on this." Yeah, true, and and uh, maybe think of also. TMNT Minute was talking about it. And by the way, their interview um, with D- John Dupre, the original composer of mm-hmm. the live action films. Yeah. Oh, man. Wouldn't it be nice to bring him back? Oh, my God. You know, I, I don't. I, I know you had brought up a really interesting point about IDW and how perhaps sometimes they, they lean a little bit too much on nostalgia. Yeah. Um, which, you know, definitely is up for, for debate. But yeah. I, I, I also know that, like, with this movie, I don't want to rely. I don't want a fanboy. Fanboy Rob would be like, I want one just like the first film yeah. or just like the comic books. That's fanboy Rob. But if you could kind of a, appeal to both audiences in some way, like maybe bring back some things from the original film or some things from the original comic book, but also appeal to maybe fans of Rise. It, dep- it depends on what audience they're going for. I tend to think the original film was going a little bit more towards appealing a little bit more towards the comic book fans. Yes, it had humor in it, but my goodness, 90% of the movie was dark, you know, yeah. literally dark settings. I mean, which which overall has such a uh, somber tone to the whole movie, but there's humor in there too. So I, I, I don't know. It's, I, I know I'm rambling, but what I'm trying to say is it depends on which audience they want to cater to. Yeah. But – Personally, I would love to see the original composer come back, you know, just to recapture that feeling. Well, you know, I mean, they could – I mean, this this movie could – they could do the popular thing where – I have you, you know, they they made a new Halloween movie this past October. They released, Which was great. Yeah, which was good. And that movie completely negates Halloween – everything from Halloween 2 onward. And that, that movie is a direct sequel to the first Halloween movie. And that's accepted. You know, people are able to do – or producers are able to do that. They're able to do it. Yeah, that, that's that's not the problem. The problem is like winning over the fans and be like, why are you making a sequel to the original that's going to negate the second, third, fourth, fifth, and, you know, whatever. Depending on the quality – I mean, whatever your opinion on the quality of the Halloween series after the first movie, that's up to you. Sure. You have to one. You have to imagine that there's somebody that's super angry about the fact that season of the witch is no longer canon, you know. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's like Star Wars too, you know, with the books. Yeah, I mean, all that expanded universe stuff isn't canon anymore. But like, yeah, they're legends. I, I mean, yeah, they're <laughs> legends now. But like, uh, you could make this new Ninja Turtles uh, film a sequel to the 1990 version. You know, you can it uh, it could completely negate part two and three, which is kind of agreed amongst fandom to be the weaker movies. Uh, not necessarily we hate those movies, but just those weaker films. Um, 
you could say that this is the sequel to part two or to uh, part one takes place a year later and you're going to make it look like that old film. But now you have this new direction you're going towards in. And now is that something you're hoping for or something that you think will happen? um, It's not that uh, I wrote an article um, a couple of months ago about if they made a new turtles movie, what I would want to see. I would, I certainly, then that was just one thing I, that I said, and it's like, it could be a, if it were a sequel to this movie, then what would that movie look like? And then you have my little Chappelle about what a, a turtles two would be. But like, I, I really don't, I really have no expectations of the, where they go. If they make a sequel to an old movie. Awesome. If they make a completely original movie. Awesome. I just want a new turtles movie, you know, uh, yeah. I, I, and I want it to be good. I don't, I don't care what it looks like. I think now I, I do hope, I do hope that they completely go against the grain in terms of what's popular. Don't try to make a cinematic universe. Don't try to set up the next four, four movies. Don't give the promise of a Casey Jones or Usagi Ojimbo movie as much as we would like to see that. Don't one do, step forward. You know? Yeah, one step at a time. As much as I don't care for them, Sam Raimi, uh, his Spider-Man movies did the absolute perfect thing. Where all Sam Raimi did was he focused on one movie, and then that movie came out, and he took some time off, and then he focused on the second movie, and then that movie came out, and he took some time off, and he focused on the next one. He focused on one movie at a time, and didn't worry about like if you you look at those uh, old Spider-Man movies, they didn't set up a thing. There was just the next movie. And it could be argued that if they set up anything, it was the dude that played uh, Dr. Connors. He never turned into the lizard, even though it looked like they were going to go that way. But like, yeah, don't, don't worry about setting up the next 20 years worth of Ninja Turtle film. Sure. You know, everybody's trying to recreate the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They have their playground. Let them let them live in it. Let them. Yeah, and I, I also think of the Star Wars. What Disney's doing, you know. Yeah, and also that's that's a great uh, point to make. You Ninja Turtles does not have Disney in their corner. You know, as as much as we love Nickelodeon and Viacom, uh, because Viacom owns Nickelodeon. As much as we love Nickelodeon, they're not Disney. You know, mm-hmm. they do not have giant bank vaults full of gold. You know, you know just. They they don't they have, have slime instead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they don't have. But but you get what I'm saying. They don't have unlimited money. Yeah. You know the the rumored budget of Avengers three and four was a billion dollars. Jeez. Just to spend on two movies. Nickelodeon doesn't have that. Nobody has that. No. Warner Brothers doesn't have that, and anyone, no one does. So get that get that out of your mentality and just mm-hmm. focus on a good story. Yeah, one good movie. Yeah, one you know? one good movie. And just mm-hmm. focus on that. Don't worry about trying to we're gonna get we're gonna get this audience, we're gonna get the older people on our side, we're gonna get the young fans on our side. Don't try to appeal to everyone because you're gonna alienate everybody. Because I think I do agree with the criticism of the, the reboot films where there was just so much in there that they they didn't focus on on any one thing where it was like, you know, Out of the Shadows didn't need – you really look at that movie. 
it didn't need Shredder in it. You could have had Krang assemble, mutate Bob and Rocksteady and assemble everybody and do this thing. But Krang is super expensive. So making Krang in that movie is super expensive. So you need Shredder. But if you really think about it, you didn't need Shredder in that movie. Casey Jones and April O'Neil, really, they didn't offer much in that movie. So you could kind of get, as much as everybody loves Casey Jones and myself included, and I love Stephen Amell in that movie, you didn't need him. You could have immediately, right. you could have just focused on April and the, and the turtles, and April turtles take on Krang and Bebop and Rocksteady. That's not necessarily going to make it a better movie. It'll make it a less cluttered one, which sure. which doesn't necessarily make a better movie. So like, and this is and this is the hard part about figuring out movies. I have no idea how movies are actually made. <laughs> Me neither. I just like watching them. You know, we just like watching them, and you watch enough of them. Some people don't be like this guy. Don't be like the guy that's like, I've seen so many movies. I know how to. I know what makes a good movie. No, you don't. You don't know. Mm -hmm. You know. You you don't know what makes so many factors we don't know about. Yeah, you don't know what makes a good movie until you start trying to make them. And and then also, plus, you know, appeasing. All the people that are funding the movie, you know, the, the yeah. companies that are funding it might have their own rules of like, okay, you can't ha- have this. I, you know, there, there are so many moving parts in creating a movie that we, on the outside looking in, we have no idea. We're, we're those, uh, what do they call them, couch quarterbacks trying to figure yeah. it all out? or Ar- couch, armchair couch coaches. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. I couldn't think of it. Taking all the bi- – taking, I, I love the business side of making movies. I love figuring all that stuff out and reading about that. But like looking at completely uh, – I want to know this. Looking at the story aspect, if you had your perfect, uh, if you got to pick your villain for the next movie, who would you pick? Who do you hope they fight against? I'm still waiting for the Rat King. I'm still waiting for him. Um, yeah. I think he would be a great villain for one, for one movie. Yeah, you know, like uh, you know how. Okay, going back to Spider-Man, John Carpenter's uh, you have... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Actually, uh, now that I say that. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Yeah, I kind of yeah. see that. You know, actually, that would be a great Sam Raimi Ninja Turtles movie with Rat King. Oh yeah! Just go Could you Evil imagine Dead? going back to the Evil Dead style? Yeah. Oh, that that'd be good. Well, Kickstarter confirmed. There we go. There we go. I want my royalties. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would love to see him. But I know that's not going to happen. Not not with the very first. Yeah. I mean, if this is going to be a reboot, I know that's not going to happen. Rat King's a hard um, sell. And sure, sure. I mean, but. He, I, lo- I think that villains that can mess with characters' heads so well mm-hmm. are, are, are such great villains. But that's just me. You know, if we're talking what Rob wants, that'd be great. But I know that's not going to happen. Yeah. I'm wondering if they're. I mean, if they're going to go. If if it's going to be a reboot, are they going to go right back into an origin story? You know, we've just yeah. seen that in 2014. Now, here's a question for you: What if it was like a prequel? Like a rise, of like a rise, oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, um, I wouldn't. I mean, like, certainly, I wouldn't mind a prequel. You know, I kind of hope. Uh, trying to stick with the villain talk, I kind of hope they don't do the obvious. The obvious answer is when do you get Shredder in there? Sure, because Shredder is kind of like Joker to the Batman, but better. Um, oh, shots yeah. fired again, dude! Shredder's better than Joker. Oh, oh ooh, okay. Wow, well, all right, dude. I well, you know, I'm Dude. not a Batman expert. I, I'm not a Batman expert. No, um, I, but I know. So what... I don't want to throw shade, but I'll, I'll say I love Joker. He's yeah. a great villain. 
I, I say they're up there. They're both up there. I like the concept of Joker, but he's just been taken. Wait, he's been overblown because of just anyway, whatever. But like, <laughs> but like, if it were me choosing a villain, I would actually pick Han and the Purple Dragons. Oh yeah, I would go total two thousand three. And you know that's not going to happen. Uh, well, we don't know. Well, but we know we know Rat King's not going to happen. But we don't but know. I, no, we know <laughs> Rat King's not going to happen. Oh wait, but Hun, but, we do know. Get out of here. Hun could happen because I will tell you this: doing a little research on these movies, I found out that there was supposed to be a third. There was supposed to be a sequel to Out of the Shadows, and they did. Ca- that Hun was going to be in that movie, and they cast an actor to play him. Oh. They cast an actor to play Kevin Dur- uh, to play Hun named Kevin Durant, um, who was Blob in X Men Origins Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was Barry Burton in Resident Evil, whatever Resident Evil Four or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's a really big, boisterous. Uh, he's got a huge presence. He's a big guy, really funny actors and smoking aces and everything. Hmm. And but like the fact that um, they ca- they actually cast an actor to be in a movie that ended up not happening. So good for him. He got paid and didn't have to work. <laughs> um, so you think Hun would have more of a likelihood than maybe the Rat King in movie? Oh yeah, yeah. Because because what do you need for Hun? You don't. I mean, racking. You immediately need visual effects. Mm-hmm. You immediately need makeup. You immediately need prosthetics. You need a dude to train rats to follow a guy. You know, you need an animal expert. You need you. You need all of this stuff. And for Hun, you need a big dude and make sure that guy can act. Yeah. You know, and Kevin Durant would fit. He would have fit in with the kind of comedy that he does in his movies when he plays the comedic character. He would have fit in really well with that rebooted series in 2016. But yeah, and but like seeing the Ninja Turtles like take on an actual like it's not ninjas. It's not going to look pretty. They're like taking on a gang yeah. full of guys that are going to pick up a lead pipe and beat the hell out of you until you die. Yeah. <laughs> you know? With giant, like, just purple dragon head, with like basically the uh, they're the American version of the yakuza. Mm-hmm. You know, that, I think that would be awesome. I agree, you know? and it would really, and it would, it would be a really easy way of making a low production, low budgeted production Ninja Turtles movie, keeping the production costs mm-hmm. low. Right. That's what I think they should do: is keep the production costs low, and really challenge the filmmakers to make this work uh, with. You know, a hundred million dollars instead of a hundred fifty million or two hundred million dollars. Um, it's all about the story, yeah. I mean, if you can keep yeah. that budget low and have a great story, oh man, that that can set up the groundwork for for other things later on, some great things, yeah. Yeah, and if the, I mean, I would say, yeah, if you want to talk about a villain, I would say bring in Hunt. Okay. I, I would say, you know, do something. Or what I would really love it is if they could create a new one, They'd create a new villain. Ah, oh, man. Be a, I, once again, hard sell. Yeah, hard sell. But you know what? You're not there. Ultimately, you're not there to see the villain. You're there to see the hero. You're there to see the turtles. You know, I don't care what villain they fight. If the turtles aren't done right, that movie's going to fail. Mm-hmm. You know, the the reason the 2014 movie was such a success was because they got those turtles right. You know? You think Everybody, so? I do, yeah. Everybody hated the Shredder. 
you know, the Swiss Army Man. Uh, because <laughs> and the Shredder was really only in about five minutes of that movie, and everybody was so ticked off about it, understandably, because he wasn't in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, because he originally wasn't supposed to be. It was supposed to be somebody else, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, they got those turtles right, where Michelangelo was hilarious. Raphael was ridiculous and hard-headed. They got the personalities right. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. And I do – I like the look of those turtles. I do think they're a little bit too – they were too big. Yeah, I'm with you. I I wasn't crazy about the designs. Yeah, I mean I like the designs. I didn't like the scale is what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I I, I like the design, yeah. But like – which is why I kind of – I don't think they have to, but I kind of hope they go practical if they make a live action movie. Because even Kevin Eastman, not that Kevin Eastman has anything, any real say with this movie, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Even he said it should be an animated movie. And I would be okay with that. Absolutely. Because I, I thought the 2007 film opened up the door, opened up the gates to, to being so good. And I think they had wonderful, I mean, we talked about it, all the plans they had for the future with that. Um, yeah. I, I would love to see that just as much as I would live action. Everyone's like, I know you hear a lot of people go live action only, live action only. I, I don't know about that. I, I think it, you could open up so many more possibilities with story for so much yeah. less money if you did it like the 2007 film did. But again, you know, I'm an armchair quarterback. I, I I'm just speaking from a fan's perspective. I don't yeah. know what it's like. You know, that brings up a great, great question for our listeners. So this will be our question of the week. You know, what would you guys? hope to see in in the movie and also like realistically what do you think the new movie would be like um yeah so yeah feel free to email us we already know it's not going to be r-rated so don't do that don't be like i want an r-rated blood and gore (laughs) don't don't waste our time okay it's not going to be r-rated we all know it yeah so yeah send us an email Uh, we'd love to hear what you think thank you so much for the feedback we've already received uh great stuff uh so keep that coming guys Nicole actually uh, messaged me right when we started recording. Did she? Yeah, she's she's just down the hall. Um, but whatever, gotta love her. <laughs> but uh, she actually said that because she knew we were going to talk about this today, and she said she hopes to see a non-origin story. Oh yeah, uh, the uh, as she says it, a non-origin origin story, and she compared it to she gave an example of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Oh, and have you seen that movie yet? I have not. The the, okay. the most recent one. Yes. Uh, yeah, dude, go see Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I've heard that's really good. That yeah. is, no joke, the best Spider-Man movie. To the point to where they should not even make more Spider-Man movies. <laughs> like, nope. Because they are not going to be as good as Into the Spider-Verse. And there's, um, there's a running joke in the movie because you're following a Spider-Man named Miles Morales who just becomes Spider-Man and he there's a huge problem in the multiverse and all these worlds get collided together and there's multiple Spider-Man. Oh, wow. From different eras and like there's there's Peter B Parker who's been Spider-Man for 25 years and he he's like the main Spider-Man. When he reads Spider-Man comics, it's that Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um there's a Spider-Man who's based on the brand of Spider-Man. There's a Spider-Man from the 1930s there's a spider a spider girl from japan there's a spider a spider woman who's gwen stacy and every time they show up uh they give their origin story and they say okay let's do this one more time and you get a little 45 second synopsis of who that character is and uh, that w- i would be okay with that yeah and she's nicole what i think nicole's inferring is that 
if they're going to do an origin story, keep it under a minute, have it play like during the opening credits. Because, I agree with that. Because Ninja Turtles has been around so long, like even my dad knows how it happened. You know, <laughs> yeah. they got trash on them and they grew up, right? Yeah, it's just... yeah close enough. <laughs> At this point, if you're going to do it, go ahead and do it. But like, I would imagine that they shouldn't do it because it's been done twice. Doesn't need to be done a third time. Yes, very recently too. It's it's fresh in our minds, and we also have you know you know a prequel series dedicated to it right now. So I, I'm with you there. I, I would love to just see a, a you know short, quick. If you're going to do it, do it quickly. And uh, and you know what? Me. I'm sorry to interrupt, but but you know what's cool? You mentioned Rise of the Ninja Turtles. They still have not shown the origin. Oh well, there you go. So like, who cares? It's it's that that show is proof that you don't need it. Exactly. Exactly. They did. They did do it. Yeah. Well, good deal. Well, well, Hoser, I think we're we're about out of time. Our that flew by. Golly. Yeah, Jeez. an hour. An hour. Yeah. Man. Yeah. We, we hit it. We hit it hard here. And um, there was a lot to talk about. Admittedly, like there was a lot of releases really mm-hmm. quickly. Yeah, it was like Shredder and Hell. Go out and buy it. New movie. One day we'll go out and buy it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then IDW TMNT twenty uh, twenty. Just came out, which I I don't even know what it's about yet, but I I know I I got it um in my box, so I'm gonna go ahead and read that today, and uh, maybe I'll post on Twitter what what I think about it. But yeah, I haven't bought that yet. Yeah, there's there's so much good stuff out. It'll get collected one day in a trade paperback, and I'll buy it then. Exactly, exactly. You're a trade guy. Yeah, I am. Yeah. So uh, you know, honestly, I, I think that's probably the easier way to go. Well, you know what? Like, I buy comics for the show too, because when when we get to us talking about a new issue, I still have to buy it. So I buy everything twice eventually. <laughs> We're really good for business, I think. Yeah, I you know, it's like, and it's like you know, and there's also things like Shredder and Shredder and Hell. Yeah, that collection you can already pre-order it on Amazon. It comes out in September, but I'm not going to wait. Yeah. I don't want to wait nine months. To read a five issue thing, you yeah. know, I'm gonna, so I'm going to buy those. So that's four bucks. Uh huh. And then another, and there's another four bucks for the weekly or the uh, the monthly book. Mm-hmm. And then so and then there's twenty bucks for the trade when it comes out. Yes. So I'm still spending like forty bucks. Right. Over I know. The course, over the course of a year, I'm spending like a hundred bucks on Ninja Turtle comics. Mm-hmm. Most spend, of which right? I don't physically have. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, speaking of which, when does the next IDW issue come out? Because we're, we're due for a mutation station. Um, I would imagine it'll come out next week. Let me. Yeah, is it ninety that. or ninety-one or? It'll be issue ninety. Issue ninety. Okay. Awesome. Which is crazy to think about. You know. Oh, I know. Only ten away. Ten away. So, guys, uh, stay tuned for that. That's probably going to be what we're covering next. If issue 90 is not out between now and next Saturday, we'll probably be returning to the 2003 era to watch the unconvincing Turtle Titan from season one of the 2003 cartoon. Um, So stay tuned for that. Uh, Once again, if you want to send us an email, that's the primary way to reach us. Our email address is turtleflakespodcast at gmail.com. Please follow us on Twitter, at turtleflakes. And we have a Facebook group page at facebook.com slash groups slash turtleflakes and turtlecom hotline. I challenge our listeners out there. We've not gotten a phone call in a couple months. Um, we'd love to hear from you. If you want to talk about the movie, if you want to talk about um, the the toys or, or the original issue that we just discussed, give us a call. It asks you for your name, I guess, uh, for some reason. I'm not sure why. It doesn't really tell me your name. But just leave a message and uh, we'll play it on the show. It's all toll-free. 
and you can talk about anything. It'd be turtles in general. It doesn't matter. So long as it's turtles related, we will share it. And uh, yeah. I always love hearing those those phone calls. Big slice of pizza goes out to our friend Mark from TMNT Entity. Thank him for all of the great resources he provides. Uh, I've used him as a encyclopedia quite a bit. And then another big slice goes out to our friend Anthony Hernandez, who is a.k.a. BatBomb82 on YouTube. Does a great YouTube show called Totally Tubular Turtle Tuesday. Um, just search that up, and you'll see great family-friendly toy reviews of classic and modern Ninja Turtle toys. And lastly, check out Josh's Turtle Tracks blog. It is fantastic, and I'm true to my word, sort of. I think I read at least four reviews. I said I think I was supposed to read five, but um, loving what you're doing, man. I think you're doing a great job with those reviews. I've read the Robot, Bebop, and Rocksteady. I've read your Shredder uh, preview for Shredder in Hell, and a couple of others, man. I think you're doing a great job. So if you want to tell our listeners uh, where they can find all your stuff, go ahead, Jose. Uh, Yeah, like Rob said, you can find um, all of my uh, musings and writings on uh, TurtleTracksBlog.com. I think it's – yeah, I always forget this. i got to look it up. I I, I don't know why. um, Yeah, that that is right. TurtleTracksBlog.com. I always forget if there's the blog in there or not. But, uh, yeah, you can find I do a lot of uh, – right now I'm doing a lot of video game stuff because th- that's just been the news. Um, not only was a new Mortal Kombat game announced, but there's also been a new Power Rangers video game announced that will come out in April as well. Um, so, yeah, that was the most recent thing I wrote. But, awesome. yeah, you can find everything from tour reviews, movie reviews, comic book retrospectives, and character breakdowns, trailer breakdowns. I'm kind of flirting with the idea of doing video game uh, streams. I don't know yet, 100%. Do it. Do it. I mean, I I definitely want to, but um, just, uh, I don't know. I've got a cool. Plus, you got a family of five, man. I understand. (laughs) Yeah. That's another thing. There's like all the games that I play and all the games that I want to play, they really shouldn't watch. So I got to wait until they're (laughs) fed. And then I got to edit everything. And so I just, I'm afraid of being inconsistent with it so if i can figure out a way to do it consistently i will so all right that's awesome well either way man you know the content you always provide is good so if you decide to do that great but if you just want to do the turtle tracks blog too that's also great so either way it'll be good but uh but yeah guys i guess that's it for this episode once again we'll be covering either the 2003 cartoon next week or if um the latest idw issue is out we'll be covering that and we're only about 10 issues away from the big 100 in the IDW run, so really exciting time to jump on board if you guys haven't yet. Um, and uh, don't forget about the question today. Please email in. And I guess last but not least, Hosehead, what type of pizza are we going to have to close out another Totally Tubular episode of Turtle Flakes? I don't know. Man. You know, <laughs> my. Uh, well, you know, I, it's uh, – can I throw out one little topping? Yeah, go for it. My wife and I were talking about our favorite cereals. Uh, what, do you remember I, I Waffle Crisp? I don't like this. I don't like this idea here. Oh, get out of here. Get out of here. Do you remember Waffle Crisp? Yes, I remember Waffle Crisp. Yeah, that I was, loved that, that was, was a fun. cereal. When, yeah, yeah, that was a cereal when I was a kid. I loved it so much that I literally foundered on it. I would eat it so much. <laughs> so I think I'm finally, as a 32-year-old adult, ready to try that again. But uh, do you have any other uh, topics you could put on this? I don't think you really should put anything else on top of that. I don't, I don't know. It's cheese <laughs> and to balance the sweetness. You know, man. well, you got cheese in there, so I mean, it's going to be mozzarella, so it's going to be salty already. So that's true. Yeah. Uh, man, you know, waffle crisp. Uh, 
I don't. I, no. Cowabunga! All right. Fine. <laughs> yeah, waffle Christmas cheese pizza. Cowabunga. Whatever. All right. All, all right, dudes and dads. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a great reason. Oh, you get out of here. You like it. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, on behalf of Josh and myself, we hope you have a great week. Enjoy your friends, enjoy your family, and enjoy a mega slice of Waffle Crisp Pizza. Cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga, dudes. Sony prices their stuff weird, where they say $14.99. It's like, that's a good deal. And then you go to pay it, and you find out you spent 16 something Yeah, they put, like, some weird tax on it and everything. Like, I understand tax, but how did you just, like, shank $2 out of me? And <laughs> <laughs> PlayStation's like, savage. That's not kosher, man. I bought Spider-Man. Leave me alone. Yeah, come on, guys. I've stuck with you what, four generations now. Jeez. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to buy I'm gonna buy Resident Evil. Yeah, you're going to get my money, especially with that game. Yeah, I was going to buy it. It comes out next week. Resident Evil 2 does. Yeah. And I was going to buy it next week, but I think I'm going to wait a little bit. You know, just... I'll just have to save up money. I can't, I can't afford it next week. <laughs> yeah, neither can I. And I would, I would. That'll be the next one. Don't get the, uh, don't get the hundred dollar version. Like, yeah, I looked more into that. And you're right. It's just, it's definitely just like, skins. It's skins. I thought it was uh, an extra chapter or something when it said DLC. Yeah, I don't know if they're gonna do that. That would, that would be super cool if like they're like, uh, we're gonna do extra missions DLC and it's like this like shadow way of putting in Resident Evil Three remake. Yeah. Oh, that would so cool. that that's never gonna happen. But like, <laughs> a remake of Resident Evil Three isn't gonna happen. I don't even know why they remade Resident Evil Two. But I mean, it's I mean I mean outside of the obvious, well, it's gonna sell like crazy, you know. But. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's the thing. Like, they, they have to know that there's a demand for these games because, I mean, they what did they release? They released something, or they've been testing the waters to see if people wanted a new Castlevania sequel. And I'm <laughs> thinking. You, is that even up for debate? I think everyone wants one. Like anybody who is a moderate Castlevania fan has been longing for one for a long time, and that used to be a major franchise, but kind of, I don't know, petered out a little bit over the years. Well, you know, the thing with Castlevania, and I'm not a, I'm not a Castlevania fan. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought yeah, that'd be right up your alley. You know what? Um, it looks like it would be, but I've just, I've just never had an interest in it. Now. I did play Castlevania. Okay, I had the best and worst examples of Castlevania. I played Castlevania Symphony of the Night, and that that game is just super fun. It's oh yeah, really cool. It's still good. It holds up. They that. re-released it too on uh, the PlayStation Store. Yeah, they re-released that and they comboed that with like this game called um, Rondo of Blood. Yeah, Rondo of Blood, which is the the prequel to Symphony of the Night that was only released in Japan. And so anyway. Um, I played Symphony of the Nights, which is a really good, deep, deep RPG. Maybe not RPG, but it's just a really, just a really good game. And then the next Castlevania I played was Castlevania 64. Oh, I'm sorry. Which is a dumpster <laughs> fire. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. I, I, you know, and I really dodged the bullet on that because it was between a... Oh, uh, what was it? A, a PlayStation One and maybe a Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. And you know the PlayStation had been out for a little while, and 
Castlevania's gonna be good on the, the 64. I really want that 64. But then I was like, what? They, they just came out with that uh, Symphony of the Night on uh, PlayStation. Maybe I'll just hold out for that. Yeah, you know, and uh, Symphony of the Night, oh my god. Or uh, uh, 64, I just could not. I just, I can't even with that game. Yeah, well, there, there was another one they made, Legacy of the Moon, that was a little better, but it still wasn't great. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the sequel to Castlevania 64 was... Yeah, it was... It, it, you didn't feel completely ripped off by playing it. Yeah, so. like, you could transform into a wolf, which was really cool, but it was yeah. still a lot of um, really open space, still kind of glitchy, and um, not enough enemies, you know? You, you just feel like you were wandering around all alone. It was... It was. Uh, it just wasn't as good as it could have been. Yeah, that's why, you know, I don't, I don't understand people's fascination with, like, PlayStation 1 era of games. You go back to those games, and they're not good. Like, their graphics well, terrible. They're... Yeah, yeah, you almost have to kind of look at it through, okay, this is what was going on in 1997 or 1998. And at the time, yeah. wow. That's why I don't want to go back and play Parasite Eve. Because when I beat that game, I was like, this is one of the greatest games ever. And then I realized... Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> then I realized, well, I don't. I, I think I'd rather just look at it through rose-colored glasses and instead of yeah. go back and see those... Polygon graphics. Same thing with probably Final Fantasy VII, but oh, you know, like it's the uh, the game that I want to get so badly is the original PS1 version of uh, Resident Evil. Yeah. Not the director's cut because the director's cut is a steaming pile. Uh, <laughs> the original vanilla Resident Evil, and that game was. I have so many great fond memories of playing that game, oh, yeah. and I kind of just wonder if I should just leave it there. You're like, nah. Well, yeah. And plus, yeah. it's not the cheapest thing to get. You know, just no, for whatever true. reason. Yeah, for whatever reason, it's, it's expensive. Gosh, you remember the old, the original PlayStation cases, the, the big boxes? Oh, the big, yeah, the long box. Yeah, yeah. I kind of miss those. Yeah, you know, I that's you know, there's there's a huge collector's market for because a lot of them came in the jewel cases, and that's what I that's usually what I got because it's that was what was more readily available because it was cheaper. But if you were able to, if you're able nowadays, there's a huge collector's market for that uh, for the big for the long box uh, PlayStation One type games it's kind of yeah, like yeah. i mean that was like every game that was uh ev- every sega saturn game was packaged the same yeah, way yeah that's exactly what i think of yeah, yeah. Um, and i never played sega saturn i have no idea about that system so. oh see see that's one um i've always heard that like especially now there's there's a niche market really trying to go after saturn games because yeah they are so hard to uh, emulate for, and they're so hard to find. So a lot of the media that uh, those games had or used is uh, not really available anymore. So, yeah. And you know what's crazy? All these, to bring it back to Turtles, man, all these amazing console generations and we have not had a great turtles game since the super I, nintendo isn't that crazy yeah yeah it's so stupid and you know <laughs> it's it really is it just it demands this franchise demands a good game you know like and i thought we were getting it with uh i i um played ninja turtles mutants in manhattan yeah like, which is okay you know it's and not i, a bad I game. I uploaded a video. I recorded uh, some uh, a video and pl- uh, put it on Facebook. And 
there's a lot of, I mean, like, you have to spend, like, a good half hour with the tutorial and yeah. just learn how to play that game. Because when, it's kind of old school. Once you start playing the game, it doesn't tell you a thing. It's just <laughs> like, there you are, go for it. And it's like, that's kind of refreshing. But I've been playing modern games for the past 20 years, and I'm kind of yeah. used to being told how to do stuff. And even though I guess maybe that's not an old school thing to say or the cool thing to say, but it's like, you get used to tutorials. It's like, yeah, we all complain about tutorials, but when they're not there, we, we all stuck in a game. You yeah. Know? yeah, there are certain games, like, I'm, I'm really grateful there is a tutorial, like the Fallout games, because uh, I would have no idea how to play those. Yeah, oh, I, I just can't get into Fallout. I, I get the appeal. I, I, I get it. Yeah. I just I don't have the time. That's the thing. I don't have the time to really... If I was single and didn't have children, I could dedicate hours to that game because I like yeah. all the side stories. But you If know, I completely change my personality and settings, I could <laughs> love that game. I really get into it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I've heard that. It's like I put in 400 hours. And I'm this. like, that would take me the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 400 hours in a weekend how'd you even do that yeah just, right it's come to the point right now where i don't even want to play fallout i'm just like i'm not even i'm, I'm kind of convinced myself that i'm not even gonna like it like even if it makes up my life well hey hey that kind of reminds me did you uh get my text yesterday about all the the cowabungas dude i think you set a record on the last step uh, i the did rising. yeah I'm it was sorry. hilarious and no 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 it's funny because I, I purposely edited those in, um, like the Calabungas, and then I went back and listened to the episode afterwards. There was a few times that um, I had muted the curse word, but yeah. I forgot to put the Calabunga in there. So there was like six or seven that I didn't even mark. <laughs> I was wondering about that, where it was just like, and you know what? Hmm. And, and you're like, it and then like all of a sudden there's like a good 10 second gap. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing, yes. <laughs> I wanted to go in there and edit it again, but I was like, eh. Yeah, whatever. 